You're listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 39. One ring to rule them all. Or, well, one place to store it all. Welcome to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening and making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. Thanks for coming on over and checking it out. And if you're coming on back, well, thanks for coming on back. You can catch me on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. That's J O D Y. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned, and there's some pretty sweet ones that will be uh, mentioned in this episode. You can find over at the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 039. That's thelongerhall.com slash 039. If you enjoy the show, man, be sure to subscribe so you catch it every time an episode comes out. And if you got a few few seconds, a few minutes, head over to iTunes and Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you are finding this, and write and leave a review there for the podcast. I'd appreciate it very, very much. Super encouraging for me and really, really helpful um, for other youth pastors and youth workers. It helps them find the show along the way. So if you're finding some value in it and finding it helpful, I'd really appreciate you taking the time to do just that. I am so excited for today's episode. It's been a few weeks since I've had an episode coming out, and uh, this one has been waiting for a bit to be released. And really, the only reason it hasn't is just because, well, it's May in student ministry. And I don't know about you, but for me, this is where everything starts getting crazy. And if you're tired, you're sitting here listening to this, and it's May, and you're tired as a youth pastor, youth worker, just remember, it's May, and you're supposed to be tired. And summer's coming, so we've been running like crazy here, trying to get everything wrapped up as the school year comes to an end, and then geared up as summer is just around the corner. And so that's left me a little bit busy, and as much as I love you and and pulling for you, rooting for you, and am dedicated to the podcast and to the blog, my primary responsibility and focus will always be my own ministry. And so hopefully you understand that and respect that. I'm committed to this fully and do want to help um, and continue to produce helpful content and give you some tools and practical steps and things that you need. But I will not do that at the expense of my own ministry. And unfortunately, there are going to be seasons where my ministry is just going to need more of my focus and time. And that's kind of been where I have been and then had sick family and a whole bunch of other stuff uh, with that as well. So I'm excited to be back and have another episode for you. I am really excited about this episode. If you've been around the podcast or the blog or on the mailing list for more than a day or two, you probably know how much of a fan I am of Evernote and how much I use it. It is easily my top resource, my go-to resource. If uh, Of all the things that I recommend in the top 
the top resources that I recommend or that I use, Evernote is by far the one I use the most. And so I, uh, I find it so very helpful in so many ways. It really does keep me on track and kind of hold me together, not just ministry-wise, but my life for that matter. And so today I have for you the guru of all things Evernote, Mr. Brett Kelly himself. And I am so excited for you to hear this interview and to uh, just to learn some from Brett. I think Evernote is a phenomenal resource if you're not using it. I really believe you should be for a number of reasons and different ways that we get into in the interview. You're going to hear, we're going to talk about what Evernote is and what it does, what you can do with it. We're going to give you some really practical kind of steps and things along the way. I'll share some ways that I use it. Brett shares some ways that he uses it. We also give you a few little bonus uh, cool tricks and tips in here and, and then even some more advanced tips along the way. But a super, super good interview. Uh, I'm a little giddy to have him on the show, actually. And um, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get a ton of value out of it. So that's probably enough of me chit-chatting here off the front end. Uh, I'll be quiet. We'll jump right in here to today's interview with Mr. Brett Kelly, uh, creator of Evernote Essentials. Well, hey, Brett, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this pretty early where you are out on the West Coast. And so um, I know you're a busy guy, lots of things going on. So thanks for coming on today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jody. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited because folks who've listened for a while or who've been uh, reading the blog will know that I am a big fan of Evernote. I use it a ton for sure. If, I think if Evernote decided tomorrow that they cease to exist, I would, I would cease to exist. I have <laughs> my whole life is in Evernote and that's a little scary. That's a little scary to think. Um, but man, I am, uh, we should I, talk about that. That's an interesting kind of, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. Like the idea of, cause I mean, I'm pretty, obviously a pretty heavy Evernote user also. And if it went away, that would definitely like suck and I would be in a, in a rough spot, yeah. but kind of like, what's the backup plan? So that's quite a question I get sometimes. Um, and I don't know. I don't hijack whatever. whatever no, we're dude. About, but I, I'm uh, not gonna lie. I have thought about that. Like, okay. okay, if this all went away, what would I do? Because I mean, I have everything in there, um, everything in there for sure. And so I was, I was kind of an early adopter. We we spoke just briefly about this. I, I jumped on Evernote pretty early, and I used it for about two weeks, and then quit because I couldn't figure it out, and it just just said, ah, it's not working. Yeah, and then. uh a little while after that, Evernote Essentials came out, and I heard about it through, I think, Michael Hyatt. Grabbed it and decided to give it another try. Uh, after really that and then a conversation with a friend who was using it a lot. And, uh, and that man, that's made all the difference. And literally, it keeps my life together. Um, there's, there's about four or five, you know, kind of tools or apps I really use consistently. And that one is easily in the top one or two. Um, nice. every, everything goes in there. So Evernote Essential has been a huge helpful tool for me and resource in just kind of learning Evernote and figuring out how to use it because it's pretty overwhelming and intimidating at first. Um, I agree. I think that's partly was, you know, the impetus for writing it is it's, I mean, it's pretty, it, it's simple in some ways, but when you look at it everyone, you know, everyone's like, oh man, this app is so great, blah, blah, blah. And you install it and you're kind of like, okay, you're looking at it and you're seeing like kind of a blank page, kind of like almost a word processor document. And you're yeah. like, well, so I can put anything in here. Okay. Well, like what, you know, and 
the sort of analysis paralysis can take over a little when you try to figure out or try to bridge the gap between, you know, your best buddy over there who's like, this app is better than sliced bread. And you're sitting there going, am I an idiot? Because, yeah. like, I'm looking at it, and it's not looking all that cool or all that intuitive. Yeah, it's so, like, now what? I have yeah, it. Now, now exactly. what? exactly. Okay, so let's talk for just a minute. Can you maybe explain for listeners who may not know what Evernote is? Let's sure. So the best way I've been able to kind of distill it is, so Evernote is a electronic digital notebook, right? It's a notebook in, well... I'm going to fumble through this because I haven't gone through this spiel in a while. But if you have like a, I keep a paper notebook in my pocket all the time for writing things down, making a little list and stuff like that. It's really useful for me. So I imagine like I've got this little, you know, 48 page book. I'm going to pull it out and make my chair squeak real quick. And so I open this thing up and it's got, you know, like my, my daughter's school friend's phone number is the first page I turn to. And here's something I talked about with my shrink, whatever. So if I can open this notebook up and at the top of the first page go, show me that phone number. And it will like flip to the right page and show me the phone number. Or I can put pictures of my kids, you know, from years ago or notes from this meeting that I'm going to have or, you know, kind of a postmortem on this conversation you and I are having right now and kind of talk about what we discussed, blah, blah. So it's just basically this notebook where you can put pretty much anything and almost everything is searchable with a few exceptions. Um, the only thing you can't put in there is really big stuff like video. But beyond that, it'll hold whatever you've got. And it will just sort of archive it permanently. And yeah, so you can and you can subdivide the app into different what are called notebooks. So, so each piece of data you add to Evernote lives in what's called a note. So a note can hold, like I said, text, pictures, files, whatever you want. And a note must live in a notebook of some kind. And I've got probably, let me tab over here and look real quick. I've got probably like 100 notebooks for various things. Um, and, you know, from like this trip that I took several years ago that has all, you know, in, like the confirmation from the hotel pictures that I took while I was there, you know, my flight, my, uh, my boarding pass when we flew, like just, you know, random kind of inanity of travel. Also some really cool, it helps tie memories together with one of the, my favorite use cases for it. But I have notebooks for the, the newest Evernote essentials that I just launched and all the versions before it. So if you have a, place where you want to put stuff and search for it pretty easily and ha- have it accessible all the time like Evernote's kind of your your huckleberry I think. Yeah and I think uh, youth pastors we tend to get uh, kind of a rap for being really disorganized and losing a lot of things hmm. and we've earned that to be honest um, in, in a lot of cases so for me Evernote really helps helps with that you know I, I am notorious for losing receipts um, hmm. and, and so for me to be able to scan that take a picture of that there when I make that purchase or when I'm doing that, or uh, if we're planning an event or we're taking a group of students somewhere, you know, I can, I have that all in my email, but that has a tendency to get buried beneath others and, and, and a little difficult to find. So I can stick that in Evernote um, as well. And, you know, I have a notebook for receipts and all those go in there and I tag all those uh, with different responsibilities and different areas of ministry that I, I deal with. And then um, different, you know, I've got one that's kind of a notebook for retreats. And then within that, I have each different retreat, kind of an archive of, of that. And so for me, it really helps in, in that sense to, because in youth ministry, we tend to do a lot of things repetitively. Mm-hmm. So for example, every year we're going to go to camp. Every year we're probably going to do a mission trip somewhere. Every year we're going to do a retreat. Um, you know, these certain weekends or these certain things, we tend to do those year after year after year. So for me, Evernote is, has been a great place to be able to store those things from this year's stuff so that next year, when that event's coming up and we're starting to plan that again, 
I can easily look back and search and say, okay, here's what we did last year. Here's some notes I made of things I wanted to do differently, you know, the coming year. Yeah. Um, it's been, oh man, it's so good in that sense. Well, I think there's so much value in keeping, there's actually a chapter in the book on this, like keeping a personal history. And because I use over and over so many different things, I can look back on, you know, a given point in my life, you know, four years ago, if I just, you know, open the list of all notes and click to whatever, April 26th, 2014 or 2012, I can see like what articles I was reading on the web, hmm. like what I probably what I shopped for that day. And, you know, look at the surrounding days, just kind of get a snapshot of what life looked like. Which I think is really cool. And I think if we're talking about your retreat example, yeah, the idea of adding not only just sort of, you know, bits and bobs, like here's what we did. But if you take the time to go back and add, you know what, this, we tried this thing, it didn't really work. Or this worked really well. We should try to do this again or do it more or whatever. And kind of so you're constantly learning from your own, your own experiences earlier on. And if it's an annual thing, that's the kind of thing that, you know, the details can become fuzzy after a little while. So maybe the following year, you're not super clear on how things went. But if you have that stuff written down, I think it could be, like you said, a great resource for doing it next time. Yeah, it's been huge. All A lot of my blog posts are written in Evernote. Um, get a ton of stuff for the podcast in there. Um, yeah, totally. A lot of notes. So all, all that's good. So, okay, Evernote is this amazing kind of journal, if you will, that's all, mm-hmm. all searchable, keeps our life in order. How, how did you come about writing and putting together Evernote Essentials? So the year was 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like the TV, like, yeah. like dream sequence. I need James Earl Jones kind of voice in the background. <laughs> in a world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, January 2010. I was working as a web developer, uh, this company that I no longer work for. And I got wind of Evernote in, well, I got wind of Evernote in like tw- in 2008. Uh, my buddy Glenn, uh, he got me a private beta invite from when they were first relaunching the service because Evernote has existed for like 20 years in some form, Hmm. but the current incarnation showed up in 2008. So I got a beta invite and I started using it and I started realizing, because this was like in the early days of like the iPhone and I had a PC, I had to use a PC at work, which made me sad. And I had a Mac at home and I realized like, wait a minute, I can sync all of my stuff between my Mac and my, my Mac at home and my work computer. So if I, you know, want to make a sandwich or whatever, and I find some cool recipe, I can dump it in Evernote and then get at it when I get home. That's pretty great. And so just sort of investigating that and getting really good at it, I started proselytizing it all over my office and converting people into like using this really cool school service. So January 2010, um, I was kind of, you know, my, well, my now ex-wife and I were kind of in some debt <laughs> and not like overwhelming debt, but debt that we were having a hard time getting rid of, like some old credit cards and stuff that we were paying, but it was just, we weren't making enough money to kind of get out from under it in a way that made me happy. Right. So I had a bunch of friends. Uh, Chris Gillibo is the most notable example. You probably, you guys probably heard of him, the hundred dollar startup guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, good buddy of mine. Uh, he, I've seen him and some other friends like write and sell eBooks on the internet. And I was like, well, crap, I could probably do that. At least give it a try. And I realized well, everyone's become a pretty integral part of my work and just my life in general. And there wasn't really a manual for it. I mean, it came with some, <laughs> it's funny, the original <laughs> Evernote help was an Evernote notebook that the company had made and then shared publicly. So, <laughs> nice. Which, I mean, it's the, that, that interface is nice, but it's a little clunky for doing things like FAQs and knowledge-based stuff. So that was the extent of it. It was some sort of screenshot by screenshot, click here to do this, click here, click here. Not a lot of like philosophy or what's the general idea behind this feature? that kind of stuff. 
And I had been using it for long enough and heavily enough that I thought, okay, well, I can crank out. You know, originally, it was going to be a series of blog posts. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to like make this thing into a book, and I'm going to sell it. And so it took me about, it didn't take a long time to write, actually. It took a, all told time sitting at the keyboard. It was probably like two weeks. Wow. Two and a half. Um, it took me six months to ship it, but it only took me like two and a half weeks to write it. Right. Which is part of the, <laughs> why, why the creative process is hard. Anyway, so I, uh, over the course of the next few months as I was writing it and editing it and getting feedback from friends, I actually emailed Evernote. I actually emailed Evernote really early on. So I'm like, I'm going to write a book about their product. I don't want to get freaking sued right, for right. Evernote in the name of the book, you know, for some legal reason. So I let them know what I was doing. And I just want to make sure it was cool if I used the name. And they were like, that's a really cool idea. We are really happy you're doing this. Let us know how we can help. So in April of 2010, um, I got, I was emailing uh, Andrew Sinkoff, who at the time was the head of marketing, uh, who became a buddy of mine. And he said, hey, the CEO, Phil Libin, wants to talk to you, like on the phone. And I was like, what? Yeah, I'm uh, in a lot of trouble. <laughs> right. Like, no, it's good. Just want to talk to you and you know, find out about the book and it has a few things to discuss with you, whatever. So we chat for a little bit. Super cool guy. And at the end, he's like, so where do you work? Like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a programmer professionally. Like I have been for, I don't know, at that point, it had been like six or seven years. And he's like, well, do you want to work for Evernote? I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> I had like on this, I had a short list of companies that I wanted to work for that I would have like happily worked for and never was one of them i was like yeah yeah i do and i'm like but i can't move because i live in southern california and everyone was based in the bay area northern california right. so that's not really feasible for me to move he's like that's okay you can work from home i was like Ooh. <laughs> even better yeah that's great so i'd never done that before and so anyway i took the job started there in may ended up shipping the book in july cool. uh in time for the what now, ultimately became the Evernote App Center, which is like a bunch of third-party apps and hardware and stuff that work with Evernote. Yeah. Uh, it was called the Evernote Trunk, which I actually built when I worked ah, there. Ah, cool. So anyway, I got I got hired there. I launched in June, in July. And this is a very long story, sorry. No, that's but, all right. Um, after that, I, I launched it to my pretty, I mean, I had a very modest following at the time. I still do, frankly. Um, but I got, you know, a handful of sales. It did, it, the response was good. Uh, and then Evernote blogged about it you know, to their <laughs> relatively massive audience and them. And then, uh, Michael Hyatt, who you mentioned earlier, yep. uh, he has also had a pretty, has pretty big reach. We'll say, uh, he launched it. He, uh, signed up as an affiliate and promoted it to his audience. And those two Evernote and Michael Hyatt kind of sent it, got it the critical mass it needed to where it became like what I would consider like a ridiculously big success. Yeah. So, it's huge. I mean, it's every. Yeah. It seems like almost everywhere I turn, people are talking about Evernote, and almost hand in hand, uh, Evernote Essentials seems to follow a lot because it's because it's hard to explain to somebody. It's hard to explain what Evernote is without it making it sound ridiculously simple, which which it is to a certain degree until people open it, like we've already said, and they're like, "I don't know what to do with this." Right, um, and so it really. I mean, even as far as other other apps and other programs that I use. There really aren't many very well done, clear and concise kind of guides on how to use them. It's usually almost an afterthought from most of the companies, it seems, that design. Yeah, I think there's a there can be I don't know kind of a forest for the trees. I'm not you know picking on anybody here, sure. but if you spend enough time designing, working with kind of you know gently massaging this app into what you want it to be. So many of the details have come into stark relief for you. And you can just see how the thing's supposed to work because you've thought so heavily about it. 
But if you drop it in someone's lap and they're just a cold, I've never seen this before, what is this? You kind of forget that they are totally uninitiated in, as far as what your app does and what it's for, what it's good for. So I think part of the reason why you know my book and other books like it have done well is because they help bridge that gap. And so you can hand Evernote to somebody and like, okay, read this book. It'll take you a couple hours. And then you'll have a much clearer idea, at least conceptually, how this thing can be super useful instead of just being kind of, uh, how do I, what's, right. what's so great? Right, right, right. Okay, so we talked about a few kind of ways that I use it and some some other um, kind of things that you've done and how you're using Evernote. But what what are some, I know you talk about this a lot actually in Evernote Essentials, but what are some other practical ways, just even on a day, day-to-day basis, that you can use Evernote that maybe people wouldn't think about? Hmm. Okay. Well, let me let's just trot out the old the old yarns. Okay, so project planning. Um, that's probably my biggest use case for Evernote in like the macro sense. I do it. I use it every day for small, like one one-off things. Yeah. But so I'm going to look at the. Evernote Essentials, I called it version 5. It's not version 5, the newest one I just launched. Um, looking at, there's 49 notes in this notebook, all right? And going back to the very first one, there's like a topic brainstorm. There's things to fix in the previous version. There's bugs that people sent me about, like, mis, you know, misplaced, misspelled, misspelled words, missing screenshots, stuff like that. And then going through there, it's like, okay, what are the, you know, now we're going to now have another ta- task brainstorm or topic brainstorm. And just several ideas for things that I might include in the product. And then ultimately we get down to things like sales letter drafts and, you know, kind of um, business automation rules and stuff that I want to use when I actually sell it. All of it obviously falls under the umbrella of Evernote Essentials version 5 or whatever. Uh, let's see. That's not a super fun example. Let's think of a different one. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that's really helpful for, again, because a lot of what we do in youth ministry is project planning. It's you mm-hmm. know, Whether it's an event, whether it's whatever, we do a lot of that. Like, even for me, as I am starting, like I have a I have a notebook that's kind of like illustrations, uh, and so if because I'm teaching every week, um, if I th- if something happens or if I read something or I think about something that I mean, man, that would be a really good illustration for you know a lesson that I may be teaching down the road on this. I'll throw that in there, you know, as I start yeah. to brainstorm about whatever the event or the project or the then then I throw that in there. There's, well, I know something else that for me was really interesting, and you, you mentioned this in Evernote Essentials, and I thought, man, that is brilliant. When you talked about like saving your kids' artwork, mm-hmm. I thought this, I mean, really? That's like every parent's worst nightmare is the artwork. <laughs> like, you, don't, you feel guilty throwing it away, but you don't know what to do with it because, you know, it, yeah. I have four kids, and they're, they're all coming home with artwork made with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing can be thrown away because it's precious, right? I mean, it's... Right. And so, yeah, man, you talked about just scanning some of that stuff and saving that away in there. I was like, oh, that is brilliant. You just saved my life, literally. <laughs> well, and that's the kind of thing because with... And that speaks to a larger, I think, problem that we have now. It's, I guess, less so than before, but well, just paper, just physical stuff that, you know, you have it, and you're like looking at it, you go, well... I should probably should hang on to this for whatever reason, whether it's a you know a picture your kid drew or like the gas bill or whatever. But having a place where you can put that, and it works. It, you know, the, the scanning thing kind of falls apart when you're talking about something that's covered in like macaroni and glitter. <laughs> right, but, right. But at the same time, if it's just you know if it's a you know a drawing, I get lots of drawings. My kids less so now because they're getting older. But you know, 
hey, draw something, yeah, throw it through the scan snap. And and I'm not saying just, you know, and immediately shred it in front of them. Right. Like, thanks for the drawing. <laughs> but, you know, you hang it up on your on your wall, on your whiteboard or wherever there's room, and you leave it up there for a little while. And it's like, yeah, I I'm appreciate this thing, and I, I want to have it. I want to be able to show this to them when, you know, when they're going to get married or when they have their own kids. And But I don't have, I, I can't just keep a filing cabinet full of stuff they've made me as much as I would like to. Right. So, but any, yeah, any paper that the... I guess the the this is a terrible analogy. Like the the sphere of utility gets bigger when you have a like infinitely large place to put stuff. Right. So in other words, I don't feel like I have to be ruthless in throwing things away. I can just scan them. And that's and even if it's totally inane, like I've got, you know, oil change paperwork from three cars ago still in my Evernote account. Do I need that? No, probably not. But on the off chance I ever will, like there's no there's really no downside to having it in there because this bucket is inf- effectively infinite in its depth. So, yeah, with the the kid stuff, it's makes it really easy to kind of and you know when they did it. That's the other cool thing. If my daughter walks in, she's eight right now. She walks in and hands me this crayon drawing that she made, and I either scan it or snap a photo of it, or, you know, around the day she gave it to me. Now I can look back, you know, ten years from now, and go, man, you made that for me in April of 2016 when you were eight years old. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's not awesome. just like this kind of collection of stuff because i remember i'm talking a lot my mom has this box of photos i think i mentioned it in the book like all a lot of photos from my childhood are in this big box and they're just loose there's no organization to any of it yeah and i'll pull a picture of myself out and look okay i was a kid here clearly but really no i mean i could guess within a couple of years when it was taken but that's the best i got you know i can't say oh that was on june 4th 1989 and now with all, especially when you take pictures, I mean, uh, this isn't limited to Evernote. Like, you know, most cameras now embed dates and stuff into the photos, and most photo managers can read those dates. But the point is, when I can attach a date and a location, especially to any piece of data I add to Evernote, which is a feature that it offers, um, not only do I know, you know, <laughs> not only do I have the thing, but I also have context for the thing. I know when it was taken and probably where it was taken. So I don't know. That to yeah. me adds value to information that I already have, and I would have had anyway. No, it's brilliant. One of the other things I use it for, uh, I have a thank you file, and I think a lot of youth, hopefully a lot of youth pastors have one of these like in their physical filing cabinet. Um, but you know, youth ministry, man, it's a pretty thankless job. You spend a lot of time pouring and in, investing into other families, walking through some pretty crazy stuff, and counseling, and you're gone a lot, a lot of evenings sure. out. And most of the time, you don't really see kind of any fruit from that or anything that comes of it until they are much older and gone. Um, people tend to, we just tend naturally as people to be very needy, and that's that's what we are. And so um, as, as a youth pastor, my job is to invest in them, and I do so willingly and gladly. But the thank yous are few and far between. And I joke a lot, although not, not really as much joking, that, you know, once a week or so, I'll quit. And then the next day I wake up and I go back to work. Um, it's right. just, it can be exhausting and excruciating. So when I get those thank you notes when they do come, or that I typically, for a long time, I would stick them in my filing cabinet um, in, in the office. The problem is it's in my office. And so if I find myself somewhere and just really discouraged, um, I, I couldn't really, I just have to remember... Oh well, in my office I have that. Thank you. You know, <laughs> there's some inspiration there's some, on the other side some, of town. Somewhat, yeah. yeah. And so being able to take those and scan those or snap those and put those in Evernote, I have them always at my disposal. And man, that's that's really helpful for me as well. Um, sure. Just, just all, all kinds of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's and I think that's one of the 
really cool parts about Evernote is that there's really no use case too small. So, like, like you just said, like I, I don't, you know, I, mean, I don't imagine there are 500 notes in that notebook. There are probably a couple dozen. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I've got notebooks here for you know two things, <laughs> like with two with two notes in them, and because the Evernote imposes a 250 notebook account limit on anybody, so you can only have 250 notebooks. But I've got upwards of 15,000 notes, and right. most of them are like you know kind of specific to various things. But you know, I've got let's see, notebooks for uh, so the preschool uh, Montessori preschool at my church. Uh, they've hired me a handful of times to do some website stuff for them, and it's I've got a notebook in there for just odds and ends regarding that. And there's like I think yeah six notebooks, six notes in this notebook, and you know it's doesn't have to be well like I'll use it for this one major area of my life. It's like, no, just put your your grocery list in there. Who cares? Or make this, if it works, put it in there. Because you can always find it if you know how to search for it. And it's you're not going to fill up this infinite bucket. So I don't know. I, I appreciate that aspect of it where it kind of removes a lot of the ceremony around saving stuff. Yeah. You don't have to, like I said before, you don't have to like, it doesn't have to be super important. You can just put it in there and you can, you know, mess around with it in there if you want to or not, just leave it. Yeah. And uh, unless it gets like, makes your search results noisy, it's fine. Just leave it there, you know? And it saves automatically as you go, which is nice. So you don't have yes. to remember to hit save. And I like, I make a lot of lists in it. I'm a checkbox kind of guy. Oh, man, me and too. The fact that you can do that right in Evernote again. It, I tell you what is the, the best, one of the best parts. For, I feel like I keep saying that over and over. Like, it's the best <laughs> thing. I love that for me. Okay, so let me, let me say, the, let me ask and see what you think about this. And then I'll come back to this. It seems like for me, Evernote was an all or nothing deal. Like when I started using it way back when, uh, it was probably, I don't know, 2000, is, well, it was before, at least seven years ago. So when I started using it for those first two weeks, I was trying just to use it for some things and, and not everything. And what I found was it wasn't really that helpful. But when I came back the second time after getting Evernote Essentials, I decided to put everything there. And mm-hmm. that, that really made the difference for me because everything was in one place. So if, and what that does for me now, it's very freeing in the sense that if I'm trying to remember where something is, I don't have to remember which file, you know, gosh, was that in the filing cabinet at the office? Was that, you know, did I leave that here? Was that on my work computer? Was that on my home computer? Maybe I made that note, you know, everything is in one place. So I I just know, I, I don't even have to think about where it is. I just know it's an Evernote and I can go and find it. Yeah. I, well, two things. I find myself doing the same thing because I most of my I don't actually do a lot of work in Evernote these days. Um, most of what I do now is writing, and I don't write in Evernote personally. I mean, more power to everyone who does, but I just don't don't prefer it. But everything surrounding the work I do lives in Evernote, if that makes sense. Like all the yeah. supporting stuff. Um, but yeah, like there are three places where I look if I'm trying to find something, and Evernote and my, Evernote and email are two of them. Yeah, <laughs> and if sure. I can't find it there, there's one other place, and it maybe it's lost. Who knows? But the idea of having everything accessible in one spot is yeah is a very compelling reason to kind of adopt Evernote. Now, the only thing, only caveat I would offer is, and I actually talk about this in the book, is if you are somebody who is listening to you know Jody and I talk about what an amazing you know awesome thing Evernote is, and you decide to sort of lob wholesale your entire life into Evernote without giving a lot of thought to how it's organized, you're going to frustrate yourself pretty bad. Yeah. So I personally admonish folks who are just learning it to kind of, okay, baby steps, like pick one thing that you're going to use, that you're going to sort of use as a, a trial run for Evernote, um, you know, gardening, cooking, 
wine, you know, whatever your whatever your favorite thing is. Just kind of step into it a little bit, get used to how the thing functions, how tagging works, how search works, all that stuff, before you just turn your file cabinet over into Evernote. Because now that's that can work. And you don't I mean and even if you don't organize things super carefully, because frankly I honestly don't. Um, but I know how the search works really well, so I can always find what I'm looking for. Um, but don't yeah, be just be careful and be be intentional about it because as much as we're talking about Evernote, like it's you know the best things in sliced bread, and it, you know it's pretty great. But there's 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 some learning you need to do, and you need to kind of get familiar with you know you need to dance with the girl before you propose to her. In other words. Right, don't go shred all those thank you notes because you <laughs> scan right. them. But it, like, like, hang on to to that stuff. Don't, I, yeah, don't abandon. I still have. I mean, there are things I have to keep hard copies of, and I do. Sure. And so, what lives in Evernote is generally a, a copy of that. Okay, so what are some like that, that? That's a good. That brings up a good point. What are some good practices for starting in Evernote? Like, if for somebody who's listening who's never used it, never tried it, what would you say are like some good first steps? I would say. Hmm. Well, like I said, pick one thing you're gonna and use it for only that, and you and make that the only thing you use for that topic. So gardening is just sort of a canonical example if you garden at all, which I don't. But if you have a garden and you kind of want to keep track of where you know you've got your let's say you've got your four flower beds kind of sprinkled around your your yard. Okay, well here we've got the bougainvilleas, over here we've got the you know the red bell peppers, and over here we've got the broccoli, whatever. So if you want to like keep track of how the plants grow and how you're nourishing them, <laughs> then you take pictures of the flower beds. You know, kind of take note of what you're putting in the soil, if anything, how often you're watering, what time of day. And, you know, just kind of use that as like a data collection bucket for this gardening project of yours. Or even just a regular old, you know, I'm going to build a shed project or something similar, you know, where I've got this big blank spot in my yard. I want to put a structure there that I can park my mower and my whatever else in there. And I don't currently have one. So you can use Evernote to sort of store plans you find that other people have made or maybe you want to buy a prefab shed from Amazon and you could put you know your candidate sheds in there too and just plan either pick one small to medium-sized area of your life or one small to medium-sized project and use Evernote as kind of the foundation for how that thing gets managed or, or completed and as you're doing that pay attention to kind of like I said like how how to how search works that's probably as your account gets bigger, you'll have more use for a lot of the search. Um, but the search is really, really powerful. Arguably the most powerful thing in Evernote, if you ask me. Um, yeah, I agree And getting with that. used to how that works is is worth your time. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And I, I just want to say, for somebody who doesn't garden, I'm super impressed with the big words you just used. <laughs> well... Uh, my lady gardens. <laughs> okay, okay, and okay. it talks about it kind of, not a lot, but you know it comes up. And I and my one of my very good friends uh, is a certified nursery professional, has been for like twenty years. And homeboy knows plants. I, it's crazy just to hear him like talk and walk up to some plant. And go, oh, this has this four you know letter four word Latin name for like this disease this plant has stuff like that. I'm like whatever. You're from another planet. So I hear a lot of plant words, and I, I can store them long enough to, you know, puke them out on a podcast. Yeah, and I sound way smarter. That's one. That's that's a hack. You can have that one for free. Yeah. Okay. We are we're all impressed, man. You're gonna get emails <laughs> about garden. Like I've got this plant in my garden. I can't. I'll be like, you know what? I just made all that up. Plants. <laughs> Those aren't even real words. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so we talked about search some, and that's super powerful. And I know that's covered pretty extensively in Evernote Essentials. Um, what are some other kind of more, maybe more advanced type uses for Evernote? I mean, 
I know there's mm-hmm. some Chrome extension stuff that I use a bunch. Um, okay. Web well, Clipper and some of that. Well, this is something I was actually going to do for the Evernote Essentials people, and then I'll give you a kind of a preview of it now. Um, so I use an app. Are you an iPhone guy? Yes. Okay. So that seems to be common. I realize not everyone is, and to everyone who's not, I'm not generalizing here. I apologize. This isn't going to be relevant to you, really. But uh, there's an app on iOS called Workflow. Uh, have you heard of this app? I feel like I've heard somebody mention it, but I've never seen it or used it. Okay, so uh, are you familiar with Automator on your Mac? Yes. Okay, so for those who don't know, Automator is basically a way to chain simple actions together. So I can say, take all the images in this folder and do this thing to them, like change the file name to match this pattern, rotate them all 90 degrees and make them all this size, and then, you know, it's sort of a way to automate basic tasks. And Workflow is an iOS app that's similar. It's not the same. So I have a Workflow recipe where I launch this little deal on my phone. I hit a button and it gives me a list. Is this a meal, an office expense, or an auto expense, or other, right? So there's four basic categories for deductible expenses that I keep track of. And when I when I run it, it's going to show me that list and I pick one. And then it opens the camera. And I go, okay, so aim it at the receipt I'm holding. I hit boom. And I've already chosen meal, let's say, meal. And I take a picture of the meal receipt. And then it formats that, um, formats a note in Evernote with the image that I just took, the recipe, the receipt for the food, and it makes a note. The title says meal in and the date. And then it goes into my taxes notebook for that year. So that's one kind of quick and dirty way that I use workflow to save stuff to Evernote. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. And it's really not that hard to do at all. Their integration with Evernote is really, really good and pretty simple to put together. So yeah, the, the most of unless you're talking about like programming for Evernote, like making applications that talk to it, yeah. uh, most of the advanced stuff it comes down to uh, automation, in my opinion, um, and sort of removing friction from how you get stuff into Evernote, how you get stuff out of it, how stuff's organized. So that's that workflow example is a pretty simple one. And I'll uh, if, if if Jody will allow it, I'll post a link to that uh, workflow recipe in yeah, the show that'd notes. Yeah, be awesome. So people can see kind of how it works. And I'll maybe uh, yeah. So it's. That kind of stuff is, in my opinion, where folks go once they get a real solid hang of how the thing works on its own. Uh, is like third-party applications and automation. Yeah, I think uh, I remember when I read the kind of the email hacking with the Amazon stuff in Evernote Essentials. I thought, oh man, this is like, this is genius because I get so many emails and trying to keep track of all of that. Again, it just kind of put it all in one spot for me. Went ahead and set that up. Goes right mm-hmm. in the notebook it's supposed to be in. I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. One less. I use it a lot, like you said, for receipts from things because I too am usually purchasing a lot of things from Amazon or from uh, like t shirt companies. We're always doing t shirts for everything. Sure. Um, and that kind of stuff. And yeah, anything like that just goes right, right to Evernote. Um, between that and I think I use that a lot. I use Web Clipper a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton. I use Web Clipper a lot. Um, so let's describe what Web Clipper is for the for those who don't know. Oh yeah, that would be good. Sorry. Oh, okay, <laughs> Jody. Gosh. <laughs> um, so the Web Clipper is an extension that you can install in just about any browser, uh, Windows or Mac, or yeah, Windows or Mac. Um, they behave a little differently depending on the browser you're using. But the basic idea is, if I'm looking at a web page, and I want to save all or some of that web page to my Evernote account. Um, you just highlight the part you want or don't. If you want to save the whole thing, don't highlight anything. And then click the little elephant icon. 
and it will show you a little bar. It says, okay, well, this is the thing I'm about to capture. Here's the title. Here's the notebook you might want to put it in. If you want to tag it, you can do that here, and then you hit save. And it will just grab whatever content you, you, you selected or didn't um, and just stick it into your Evernote account. And that's really, really helpful for research, anything. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very cool feature of Evernote. And they, um, they'll advertise it pretty heavily when you, when you install the app, suggesting that you do it. Install the web clippers, which you should. Yes, you They're should. They're really great. Um, and they also work on Android and iOS. So if you're looking at, I'm, I'm not an Android user, but I, I mean, I, I have used it. I'm familiar with the fact that it does work. I couldn't tell you the process from memory. But if you're looking at a web page in iOS, uh, you tap the little share box, and then the Evernote icon will appear in the list of apps that you can share with, and it will just pop it up and go, okay, here's the title of the page, here's the notebook, hit save, and it will clip that whole page to your Evernote account from your phone or your tablet or whatever. So really, really useful, especially if you have to do a lot of, you know, like I imagine Jody doing things like retreats. Maybe he's evaluating 10 different retreat centers for this coming, you know, summer thing with his kids. Then you know, kind of capture all those. And then now you have a place for all of the research for that project is beginning to assemble, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. And I love that it gives you options too. So you can see, you can take the whole page, you can do a, just yep. a part of the page, you can do a simplified article. So maybe I just need the text here. I don't need all this other stuff. Um, and, and man, it's good. It's great. Do you also, I, th- I think this is in Evernote, I think this is where I learned it, like kind of have a default um, notebook. Yeah, I was. I realized that when we were talking that I didn't bring that up as one of the like one of the ways to get started. And I'm glad you mentioned that. So when you if you don't tell Evernote where to put something, it will put it in your default notebook, which you can configure in the settings. Um, I have a notebook called at like the the at symbol inbox that for two reasons. First of all, it sorts at the top of any alphabetized list of stuff, um, and it's just a clever name for things like when <laughs> stuff is added to my account that I haven't personally kind of filed or have prepared to file somewhere more permanent, it ends up in that notebook. So that notebook is sort of like an inbox, like a staging area, where if I have 10 emails that I've forwarded from you know different people or places or whatever, and I want to put them in my Evernote account, but they're not going to live in the inbox folder necessarily, I can go, okay, well, now that I've got this email from Jody, this should probably go in the podcasting you know notebook, for example. So I can change the title if the you know if the title's like an email subject that's got forward and re and a bunch of other kind of noise in there. I can clean that up, add any tags I want to, remove any extraneous data in the note that I don't really need, and then drop it into the podcasting notebook. So if you have a place where all that stuff kind of gets collected, and you can bypass it if you you know if you're looking around on the web at gardening articles and you're going to put everything in the gardening notebook, you don't need to put it in the inbox notebook first, of course. You can put it directly into whatever notebook you want. But having a place where everything gets funneled through by default is a pretty, I don't know, a pretty good idea. And it helps keep the rest of your account organized. So the only thing that's kind of a mess is the inbox. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is, you know. Yeah, I think there were three three big notebooks I added. Um, one was the inbox. One was a filing cabinet notebook. And the other was kind of an archive. And so yeah. those three kind of live almost independently from the others in the sense that you know, the filing cabinet for me, it, well, actually, it's a, it's, it's a stack too. So I've got other notes, notebooks in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's keeping a lot of those documents that I need later, whether that's car maintenance or house stuff or whatever. And then the archive, if I've just got stuff that's hanging around, I'm like, I'm not really ever going to need this anymore. I'll kick it to that. Yeah. Well, I think having a place where you just sort of store things. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said earlier, they it did, sometimes they're not of any use to you, but doesn't mean if it doesn't cost you anything to have them, then why not? 
And yeah. that may kind of, there's some people who are probably kind of blanching at that idea of just keeping stuff for this, for no reason at all. And I, if you, <laughs> you're, you can totally delete things if you want to. Like I just choose personally to hang on to old stuff, mostly because kind of like um, having that personal history thing that I mentioned before. So data that in isolation isn't going to be all that useful to me. When I look back and see it in context, I don't know, it might create a richer, you know, because if I, if I imagine like, oh, this is the receipt for the, you know, the car seat I bought when my daughter was born. And here's the oil change re- receipt for the car I was driving at the time. Like I can really picture myself driving in that car with that car seat with my daughter sitting in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just kind of creates a richer history. Well, and there's no point of really at this. I mean, I think a lot of times we think about decluttering and tossing things out just because we don't want to be like a hoarder. But in this sense, it it doesn't doesn't really matter if it's there or not. It doesn't affect you one way or the other, really. It's just yeah. But if you have a hang up about it, though, as a a person, which you know, no no judgment here. If you if that's I don't think most youth pastors care about clutter. All right, most most that I know are not super organized. That's why you're here. Cool. This is our mission today is to organize all youth pastors. Wow. All right. There you go. It's a small task. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. No, I, but I love that too because you're right. A lot of times it'll even have, if I've got my location settings on particularly, which I do, it'll tag, you know, man, it'll even tag the address sometimes of where I am when I take the picture. Yep. Um, which is awesome. I mean, that's that's great. And so um, there's I've been on several trips, you know, with students overseas and we end up in another place and... You know, I can throw pictures in there while we're on that trip and come back. I have those forever to always look back to. But if we come back and say we're going to share that with the rest of the church or report that, we can I can easily access those and put those up. Yeah. Um, can you talk briefly to about the the power of sharing notes? Sure. Because um, I think that's really helpful. Also. Yeah. So you can share notes and notebooks in a couple of different ways. Um, sharing notes. Is, like I said, a note is just one piece of data. It can have a lot of stuff in it, but it's just one. It's like, imagine one Word document. That's like effectively what a note is. And if I want to share, if I make a note about something, I want to share it with my girlfriend or my mom or whatever, I can just hit the share button and either create a public link that anybody can, if anybody knows it, they can open it. But the URL is sufficiently convoluted that no one's going to guess it. You know what I mean? It's got <laughs> right. like 48 characters of gibberish at the end that people are just not going to guess. So you create the public link, you send it to whoever you want, and they can open it and look at it on their you know, their phone or their computer or whatever they happen to be using. Um, but if I want to collaborate with somebody, so like my uh, my accountant, who is a good friend of mine, um, that the taxes notebook that I mentioned earlier, yeah. like that's automatically shared with him. So he has access to all of my tax records. He can put stuff in there. And when he, you know, when I, when I have my taxes done, I go, hey, you know, can you give me the PL from last year? Sure thing. He, you know, exports it from his fancy pants, you know, accountant software and dumps <laughs> it into the Evernote notebook. And then it sinks down to my account and I now have it. So that's useful for a variety of different use cases. When you're working with anybody, not on anything, I mean, it's not going to be universally applicable, but if you're finding yourself in a situation where you need to, in sort of not real time, um, have access to the same resource as somebody else and be able to kind of update things and move things around within this, you know, this bucket that you're sharing. Evernote's a great tool for that. Um, just to be clear though, uh, you cannot do what a lot of people wish you could do, which is like real time, like Google Docs style, uh, composition and editing on a single document. So if you and I are looking at, you know, hypothetically looking at show notes for this episode and you're not going to see like, you know, a purple line across the middle on the line where my cursor is sitting with my name next to it and right. watch me move around, watch me add words and stuff. You can't do that. Never know. The sync is uh, not that fast. Right. Right. But 
if you and I had, you know, let's say you and I are planning to the, the organize the world's youth pastors project. And we've, you know, clipped a few articles from the web and we've written some notes about ideas about how we might be able to kind of further this mission. And we both have access to that notebook and we can both see what each other has written. Um, that's one, one use case. Uh, another is for sharing notebooks publicly where it only I, oops, sorry, only I can write to that notebook. So it's read only to the rest of the world except for me. So if I make, let's say I wanted to make a, you know, an FAQ for something, who knows? Yeah. Um, and I would just make a new note, never new, new notebook and Evernote, add my five or six notes to it, and then publish it. And then I could link people directly to it. They could open it in their web browser or on their phone and read everything in those notes. And they could even do what's called joining that notebook, meaning they can add it to their account. It's still read only, but they'll automatically receive any changes that I make. So that's another kind of cool way if you're maybe in like the church org chart, you've got, you know, the kind of head guy or gal who's making all the policies and <laughs> disseminating yeah. information to the staff and kind of go, okay, well, this is the policies and procedures manual for, you know, my favorite church. And people can, you know, subscribe to that notebook, add it to their accounts and read everything that the person writes, but they can't change it. Yeah. So that's great. And, and so some, sometimes I'll use that for, I think everything, feel like everything's coming back to events and retreats and that's not my intent, but <laughs> you know, if, if I've got a big, if we've got an event coming up, well, parents always have a lot of questions and so I can put together, like you're saying, a, a simple FAQ for it. And then what happens is I get more questions that weren't on there. I can add those as I go. Yep. And, uh, and so they, they get them, you know, continually as I'm updating that. And I'm not having to go and resend out another, you know, sheet or another whatever. And that's been, that's been really, really helpful um, nice. as well. Okay. Let's talk about. You want to explain for everybody kind of more... I mean, obviously, Evernote Essentials tells you how to use Evernote. We've talked about that. But more specifically, what's in there, a little bit about that, what they'll find for it. Because you've just released the latest version of this, and it's a pretty major update. Yeah. Yeah, it's been about two and a half years in the making. Um, And it's, yeah, it's by far the biggest, most exhaustive thing I've made about Evernote. Um, But what you'll find is basically... Kind of a tour of the, well, a tour of like the building blocks. So we, I talk about things like what's a note, what's a notebook. Um, Jody mentioned stacks earlier. A stack is basically a collection of notebooks. Um, what are tags? How does the search work? Kind of the nuts and bolts of like what the app can do and how to, in my opinion, how best to use it. Um, then we go over some more strategic things like how maybe how to organize your account, what kind of things you can put in there, um, some more kind of uh, one-off organizational tips that don't really don't really fit in any particular larger theme. Uh, there's a lot of use cases like sort of traveling, uh, which I don't travel a ton, but I did once upon a time. Uh, for being parents, that's where the whole you know capture the artwork thing came from. Um, so different things like that. And Evernote Essentials has three tiers, so you can the cheap one will get you the the basic version will get you the book and some use cases. The middle tier will get you additional use cases and other bonusy stuff. And the most expensive one will get you a bunch of videos and interviews with other Evernote users, that kind of thing. But it's basically meant to, by explanation and by example, show you how Evernote works and how it can work. So it's fine and dandy for me to go, okay, well, this is a note. And you can drag files and pictures and text into this note. And isn't that cool? And you're kind of like, well, I still, I feel a little less dumb. But I don't really know how this, the, the use case for this is still not obvious to me. And the idea is to kind of show you this is how a bunch of different people from a bunch of different walks of life use 
Evernote effectively. And obviously most of it is from my experience and I'm only one guy. So it's not meant to be like a dictator style instruction. It's to mostly show you, just show you what the thing's capable of doing and how to take advantage of what it's capable of doing. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's a resource. There's a reason I recommend it on the resource page of the blog. There's a reason I recommend it to just about everybody. I recommend Evernote to, um, if, especially if you're a visual learner and it's so helpful because even in the even the older versions, the screenshots were just really helpful trying to figure out, okay, what am I looking at and looking for? Because yeah. Evernote is so powerful and there are so many options. Um, just being able to navigate that is super, super helpful. So it's also a lot of really bad jokes. So they weren't bad. They weren't bad jokes. Gardening jokes. Gardening jokes? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of cooking jokes. Okay. Okay. So they're they're pretty I I get more than a little like not negative feedback necessarily. <laughs> People are like, you could really cool it with the jokes. Yeah. Say, and I'm like, well, I'm not gonna because it's mine. Yeah. And I you say, I'm not a comedian. I'm, I'm writing a resource. Right. And, you know, and software, productivity software manuals are not known for being especially colorful or entertaining. <laughs> right. So I was like, I'm about to change that. So, well, as youth pastors, we always, we always respect things that are funny. I'll be glad. We work with middle school kids. So... <laughs> Right. Everything is somewhat of an adventure and funny. Hey, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will put a link for uh, Evernote Essentials in the show notes. Um, you can you can find that. My affiliate link for that is thelongerhall.com slash Evernote Essentials. So I highly encourage you to go check it out for sure. You can download Evernote for free. The basic plan is free. And it's actually really powerful, the free version. like Yeah. And then uh, if you find that you're using it a lot then you can upgrade to more of their premium services, which allows a few more features and, uh, and things like that. But I would imagine for most, most listening, just the free version would be more than sufficient. I think the only thing I would, I would say yes, for sure. The only thing that I would recommend people do if they're going to stick with the free version of Evernote is when they're clipping articles from the web, use the simplified article view. Because yeah. that strips out all of the extraneous um, navigation sidebar elements, advertising, that kind of thing, most images. Um, because what the basic, the way they, they price Evernote mostly is by how much data you can upload to Evernote every month. So the basic plan gets you 60 megabytes of data, which if you're talking about text is a ton. If you're talking about photos is almost nothing. Like you'll blow through that in an afternoon if you're not careful. Right. So the most you can, the more you can do to kind of not include a bunch of images you don't care about in your Evernote account, that will do go a long way in keeping you below the 60 a megabyte per month threshold. Now the next tier up, the plus pro plus tier, I believe gets you a gigabyte, which is it's a big jump. Yeah. And then it's 10 gigabytes per month for the premium account, which is what I have obviously. And I've never in my entire life come close to even the one gigabyte limit back when it was one gigabyte. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the 60 megabyte limit is obviously there to let you kick the tires, but don't be surprised if even if even if you're careful to you know, kind of find yourself bumping up against that monthly limit. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got any type of professional expense or anything like that, right? And that's for sure something that would be worth pursuing if you find yourself using it a lot. Which, it, the more I use it, the more I use it. I mean, it's it's like yep. a, it just snowball, snowball for sure. Um, but man, so check out Evernote Essentials. Absolutely, go ahead and give Evernote a try. It it really is helpful. One question that we kind of talked about 
earlier, um, and this, I don't remember if this may have been before we started recording, but what if Evernote goes away and all my life is in it? Well, a couple things. So if you're using Evernote on a desktop computer, like a Mac or a PC, PC, um, all of you, there's an asterisk that I can't write because I'm not writing it, but there's a, <laughs> all of your data is on your computer. So when the way it syncs is like it syncs an entire copy of everything down to your local computer and up to Evernote's web service. So if you know the Evernote data center like were to implode right this second, like all the data is it's, it's still in the app. I can still export it. I can still manipulate it. Still do whatever I need to. Now it would not be fun to move from Evernote to something else because the way Evernote stores data is fairly specific to Evernote. But you can always export every single thing that's in your account, and you might need a programmery nerd to kind of translate it into whatever else you want to use. But it's not, you know, all is not lost. Now, if you decide you want to leave Evernote, that's part of the reason why I caution against going just whole hog into Evernote the second you get it. Because getting stuff out of Evernote, while possible, is not super simple. (laughs) And the data that you get is not really... In some ways, it's conducive to moving to other applications. I know Apple's um, Notes app and Microsoft OneNote both have import tools that can talk to Evernote export files. So if you want to move from Evernote to one of those things, that's now possible. But aside from those pretty recent developments, there's you know you're going to have to kind of by hand massage the data you pull out of Evernote to put it into something else, which can be kind of a pain in the butt. So don't. <laughs> Don't put everything into Evernote and then throw away the original because if you decide to leave Evernote, you're looking at like a week's worth of work and probably a little bit of crying. Yeah. So. But the good news is it's not going away anytime soon. Right. Well, as far as we know, I have I have so, no insider knowledge about this, but you're yeah, still employed I mean, and Well, I don't work there anymore. Oh, that's oh. Did yeah. I know that? I feel like oh yeah, I feel like I knew that. Okay. Yeah, I stopped working there almost two years ago. I feel like I knew that was the second meeting with the big guy. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil, I don't want to work for Evernote anymore. <laughs> That's right. Like, we got to have a meeting, and it's not good news. Right. Um, well, Brett, thanks, man, for for coming on and sharing with folks. I, I'm I'm sure it was helpful. And, My pleasure. Uh, I hope I hope folks give it a good look. Um, absolutely, and and really try to put it to work. I think it can be extremely beneficial for most folks in in their ministries absolutely so be sure to head over longerhall.com slash evernote essentials um, that's the affiliate link there for evernote essentials and if if folks want to connect with you or find you outside of this podcast where's the best place to do that uh let's see so my website is brettkelly.org and you can find me on twitter which is where i'm as far as social media stuff most active and i'm mr brett kelly only because brett kelly was taken so yeah, but my website's kind of the hub for everything I do. So if you want to go there, there's links to Twitter and all that other stuff. Awesome. And I'll put links for both of those in the show notes. Cool. Man, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, giving of your time this morning for you. And uh, My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. All right, we'll catch you later, man. Sounds good. All right, bye. Well, there you go, Mr. Brett Kelly with Evernote Essentials. I, I really hope that you are taking notes there or at least listening if you're in the car driving. And hopefully if you're driving, you're not taking notes. But the beauty is you can always go back and listen again. A lot of really, really, really good stuff in there. Again, Evernote, I'm telling you, is such an invaluable resource for you as a youth pastor and youth worker. Um, It really uh, is one of those things that I'm not sure how I would do without at this point. 
Um, I just use it so often and for so for so many things. So I hope you'll give it a really good look. At least, you know, start like we said there. Start with the free version. I think for most people that will be fine. If you start using it a ton, you may see the need to upgrade. But for the most part, at least starting out the free version, we find there's really nothing there to risk. And I really would highly encourage you to take a good look at Evernote Essentials. Brett has really done a knockout job putting this together. Um, Evernote, as, as amazing of a resource and a program as it is, and as powerful of a program as it is, it's a bit overwhelming uh, when you start probably for some. And so it's pretty intuitive. You can figure this out. But Evernote Essentials just gives you such a huge head start and kickstart to really not only kind of figure it out quicker, but really get the most out of using it and the most benefit out of that. And I, there's just not a better resource out there for learning and using Evernote than Evernote Essentials. So really head over, check that out, and it's worth every penny, I promise, for that. My affiliate link for it um, is thelongerhaul.com slash Evernote Essentials. Thelongerhaul.com slash Evernote Essentials. doesn't cost you any more to go through that affiliate link. Uh, if you if you want to do that, that's great. I do earn a small bit of commission on that, but that is not why Brett's on the show, and that is not why I'm recommending this to you. You will not hurt my feelings if you don't use that and you just go around it, but um, that's there for you if you'd like to. Really, really helpful stuff. We'll put the links that were mentioned here again uh, in the show notes as well as the workflow recipe that Brett mentioned and gave. We'll have that there in the show notes for you too over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 039. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 039. And then finally, just again, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you have a few minutes, make sure you subscribe so you catch it as it comes out uh, each episode as they come out, uh, mostly weekly, except when things are a bit crazy like they have been. Uh, but be sure to scribe, subscribe so you get those. Jo- head over to thelongerhall.com, jump on the mailing list, and join uh, f- several thousand youth pastors and youth workers there on the mailing list. They get some weekly emails from me, tips and tricks and helps and all kinds of stuff. Be the first to know about all the new stuff that comes out as it comes down the pipeline there for sure. And uh, man, I think that'll about do it for us today. Great episode. Thanks for hanging in there and giving it a listen. And so we will call it for today. And until next time, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.